just how much is the All Blacks game worth and much more besides in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear from New Wales women's coach Ewan Cunningham and backs coach Richard Whiffin later. But first, it was the Welsh Rugby Union AGM this week, a chance for the Welsh clubs to catch up with all going on in the game in Wales and quiz the top brass. Decisions, such as the one to extend Gerald Davis's period of presidency to include the next World Cup, and updates on how the WRU is coping coming out of Covid restrictions. Chance to catch up with Chief Executive Steve Phillips, starting that extension for Gerald Davis. Well, two things really. I think I was delighted that it, uh, it got through. He's been in post for a while, pretty much missed a year and a half of his post, probably didn't get a chance to do what he wanted to do. And of course, when we looked at it then, in giving back what Gerald should have done, it seemed an opportune time to give every president a, you know, an opportunity to go to World Cup. So we thought it was a very good thing to do. It was the board that put it forward, and we were delighted that it was supported by the member clubs. And really pleased with Gerald as well, actually. 13 days away from the autumn. How much are you looking forward to that, just as a on and off the field? I can't wait, to be bluntly honest. Um, I'll talk as a fan, first of all. Uh, I can't absolutely wait to get the All Blacks in town. I've got a couple of social functions with uh, my equivalents in the week. Talk a lot of things. So, the on-field piece, I'm really looking forward to it. Perhaps in the on-field piece, perhaps more of my day job. Great news to have them. Great financially for us, commercially. Great for our brand. And we are literally, everything is sold out. Every ticket, every hospitality space. In fact, the team last week were looking around to create hospitality space, so really, really looking forward to it. Can you outline why you need it? Because now it's upon us. People might be looking at the Wales side. You haven't got your English-based players, you've got a lot of injuries. You know, it's obviously a very strong New Zealand side, wondering how they go into it. Can you outline why the WIU and Wales need this fixture in terms of how much revenue you make and when it goes back into the game? Well, I think first thing I'd say to you, this is not a new thing. So, you know, we've done a fourth autumn international since I can remember, and I can remember a good long way back. So it's always been part of our business planning. The quirk has always been in the past that we play at the beginning or at the end. That changes. You know, a lot of people forget in 2018, I think it was, and some of you can correct me, you know, we played Scotland in the opening weekend. So it's part of our rugby philosophy. I don't know Nick Warren's ideas, but to be the best, you've got to play the best, and they're certainly up there with the best. You then put your commercial hat on, you know, as I said, you, you know, massively sold out. You know, we could probably sell it over again, possibly. So in terms of a financial contribution for the year, it's um, fundamentally important. It then funds the game, and of course then, you know, because I'm sure you're going to ask me at some stage, about regional funding, it's a virtuous circle. How much do you make for it? I would guess I'm going to give you ranges, because I'm going to give you exact numbers, but I think net we're probably going to make between three and four million. And is that after all the costs? That's after bringing them over, because obviously you've got to pay New Zealand to come here, it's part of the sort of deal, that would be the sort of money, and which you would say is vital, whilst we're giving them what we've seen there with turnover and everything. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely vital, because of course you know, that's what funds the game, that takes us over the community long fence, you know, deals with the other professional strategies we have to deal with, and of course, you know, addresses a lot of the concerns that we often hear from, from the regions. This week we've seen the squad, the different 38-man squad for that, Thomas Young's in it, we spoke about this before, the 60 cap rule and special dispensation. Is that working for you? I think you can go back to the beginning, you know, the 60 cap rule, what it was there to do. Um, it was there to keep players in Wales, or to keep international players in Wales, or to return them to Wales. And based on what we've seen recently, you know, it's not just you know, Thomas Young, you know, it's um, 
you know, it's like Thomas Francis and so forth, I think is working. Because, you know, the case that was put to, you know, from Wayne, except, you know, there were exceptional circumstances, there were Tipperick and, you know, Navidi, etc., etc. But I think it was the right thing to do. And I think it's also to say that sometimes we can be accused of being too rigid. All the policies, you know, that we have are reviewed annually by the RMB and PRB. So I think it's the right thing to do. And it's, uh, I think it's definitely doing what it was intended to do. You asked a question up there today by somebody who talking about going behind the paywall. You've obviously free to air deal, paywall. You've always spoken about having to try to combine the two. Now that SOC have got a Welsh language with Amazon, that there's no free to air live for a Welsh supporter this autumn. What would you say to that in terms of the deals that the Six Nations have made in regards to that? It's getting the mix right. As I said earlier, the Six Nations, you know, it's staying on BBC ITV for four years and you know, you already know that, and that was the right thing to do. But it's done, you know, it's a collective within the Six Nations, not just what Wales think, it's what everybody thinks. And like I said, during the day, we do work very well with the Six Nations partners. So in terms of the best offer, if I can say that, that came forward for the Autumn Nations series, on a collective basis, it came from Amazon. What I'm really pleased about is that they're recognising the Welsh language and, you know, the investment that they put into it. I accept there's a lot of people, you know, will not like that it's not free to air, but that's a different conversation to the Welsh language piece because, like I said earlier, what we're trying to do and our obligation, if that is the right word, is that you know, there's equal prominence between English and Welsh, and I think we can do that. What would you say to the people then who dislike the not free to air bit on that argument? Not really much I can say other than to remind people that, you know, the Six Nations is going to stay on free to air and the deal we have with Amazon is for two years. So we'll review. And again, not that this is overly helpful to those people who want it live. Of course, you know, S4C do have edited highlights shortly thereafter. See Rob Butcher was up there today. The chairman's always dealt with after the AGM. What's the situation with Rob? Because he obviously took on for a year. Normally it's a three-year term. Correct me if I'm wrong. What will happen now for that two years or going forward for the chairman position? Well, you're right. It's dealt with at a board meeting that is convened post this. Um, once we know who the you know who's on the council members, who's on the board members, etc., etc. So you're right. We, the board, because I was there at the time, we took the view last year of uh, putting Rob in post, you know, for one year. That'll come around again now as soon as we can organise diaries to address it. Could that be done again in a similar term, or will you look to do two years to, if he was to continue, put it up to the three-year term that it normally is? The board can do whatever it wants, really, because it is a board decision. You know, it does not need you know any membership approval. So the board could do one year, it could do two years, it could do three years. It's it's a board discretion. Yeah. The loan was up there again. We've spoken about this quite a lot. The 18 million plus the two million for World Rugby. You said to me a lot that over the last six to twelve months it's going to be renegotiated. Is that the current? And how long will it be before it's resolved? I am very optimistic, and I'm hoping that. We'll have had some positive things from Welsh Government next week because I speak to them probably twice a week on this and I was hoping to have resolved something back into last week but people got distracted, including me, but I'm hoping for something, some positive news on that next week. Women's game, obviously there's a big review been going on. The talk about contracts, Nigel I think said in an interview that one of the contracts is one of the recommendations from the review, the midterm review which you spoke about earlier. What sort of time process do you think for that and how feasible is it that that's going to happen? That's definitely one of our ambitions. We're definitely looking at it. We are consulting internally as the WIU and of course with the key stakeholder group which is the squad. And I think we'll be able to announce something on that 
within the next two or three weeks, I'd have thought. When you look at the, the regions, I know there's a lot of, sort of criticism of the union and people have different opinions, but the regions have obviously been good in terms of developing players for the national side, and you pay them for those players, but is there an appetite within the union for maybe a region or two to you know be up there every season with Leinster, compete for trophies, you know, have we got the, the finances to do that in Wales, potentially? Well, that would be a conversation to be held at PRB levels. You know, I don't have the authority to do that for myself. So I think you know it's worth stepping back a bit. What what the way this works is, the overall funding is agreed between the WIU and the regions via the PRB. And once you're in the PRB, we have an agreed model of how that money are split per region. Would we have a conversation about some of that? We could have. We're always looking at our policies. But in terms of, if you're asking me, do we go out and out preferred region to chase honours, that is something the PRB would have to agree to. What the PRA does, it talks about equal opportunity as opposed to equal funding, because we fund 80% of the National Squad 38. So immediately, depending on what the National Squad 38, different regions will get different funding. So my point to you is, there can be an inherent bias in the funding, depending on what criteria is being measured when the funding is concluded. In terms of private equity, I mean, as you said in your speech, you know, we're all hearing a lot about that. Do you think that CVC and private equity could help the regions as well in terms of um, getting more money to sort of be more competitive? And is, is that going to be a positive influence on, on the professional arm of the game in Wales? Don't forget, there's two elements of CVC, right? So there was the private equity deal done in what was then the 414, and we are mid-cycle receiving those funds. And those funds, very visible to the regions, are currently form part of the um, regional funding model. There's a second then piece, which is the Six Nations deal. Now, that needs to service the wider game. So I think, to answer your question, the Pro 14 deal that was done, it's doing exactly that at the moment. The resources that we're going to get from the Six Nations deal will need to cover a much wider aspect of the game. What we need to do is deal with our capital and get as much income back into the game on a sustainable basis. This is all about you know, being sustainable and successful. Because you know, the easiest thing in the world to be to be successful tomorrow and then you're not sustainable the week after. You mentioned the global season up there. Yeah. What's the ideal outlook for you in terms of the global season? What, what, what's it look like? Well, at the moment, remember when um, we did the longer international window? In 20 then, because yeah. of course, you know, people were trying to catch up on Six Nations and, yeah. you know, we needed to get, you know, international rugby playing. There was, you know, a debate at the time whether, you know, it should be October, November and no July. But the, you know, the feeling is worldwide, we need to be maintaining the July window and the November window. Now, so I think we're pretty much landed on that. Everybody who's in the conversations agree on that. The skill and the trick here. People want, the fan wants, you know, broadcasters want, you know, media want a competition. So we're coming up with, there's a lot of, you know, clever people working on this, that how do you amalgamate the July games you play? So, you know, for example, we're due to go to South Africa and play three tests. Now we might find we have to go and play different places in the way that the Sands and Nations come up to us. So the driver is, it was the July window and the November window, amalgamate it and then to form one competition because everyone wants a competition and everyone wants a winner. So you mean as in the co- not not just one-off test matches, an actual competition with yeah. trophies? Then, so. Yeah, so you know, you'd start, I'm just you know, literally, yeah. you know, literally yeah. making it up, so you know, hold yeah. me to this, would be 
You know, you might play three matches in July. Don't ask me who you're playing against, but they will count towards something. Yeah, yeah. Probably on an away basis for us. And then come the November, so in terms of our travelling patterns, it would be probably the same. But, you know, we'd make it into some sort of competition. Ideally, then, you get to the end of November or first week of December or whatever it is, and, you know, Wales have won this marvellous new competition we've started. What, what have you made of the new sort of fangled tournaments that are sort of raising their heads in the press, like the World Twelves and the World Club competition and things like that? I mentioned that today. So there's definitely conversations about World Club competition, and I've been in those conversations. But you know, the biggest you know, challenge you've got here is the same old one, is global season. Whether the ideas are good or bad, where do they fit in? So there's definitely still a lot of talk going on about world club competition. That's being handled for the European level at EPCR level. And that's being discussed then at Sansa level. So you know, so the, the winner of Super Rugby is going to play the winner of EPCR or Champions Cup and so forth. So that's a live conversation. Well, it's a live conversation, but there was no obvious you know, conclusion to it. But of course, for that to work, I think you'd have to look to abbreviating some of the competitions you're ready in. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And of course, we'll keep an eye on any progress in those directions. A question there about the women's game with a prospect of a big announcement to come shortly. A pretty big announcement this week with the news Yoan Cunningham will lead Wales women coaching team for the next 12 months, up to and including the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. He'll be assisted by Garant Lewis, Richard Whiffin and World Rugby coaching intern Sophie Spence, the team that was put together last month initially on an interim basis. Here's Yoan on his new role. Really excited to work alongside Geraint and uh, Richard Whiffin. You've obviously got a pretty wide-ranging experience from the Scarlets through to Sandovery uh, School to the under-20s and most points in between. Where does the women's game and your experience of it sit in, in all that? That's a good question. I, we've just come off a weekend where we had a, a camp with, with the, the women's team and there's a lot of younger athletes in that team. I think our challenge in the short term is to try to find a way to best get those athletes on the ball as much as we can because the more we've seen on the weekend, we can definitely cause trouble to teams. And So we've stripped it back a bit, made it as simple as we can for this autumn and have clarity in our game plan and hopefully it'll come to results and I'll see better performances. When you look at the women's game, Wales team over recent times, would you say it's been a record of underachievement? Um, I think there's been better opportunities for them to get results, definitely. It's set them up to succeed to a point where we can put them in right areas in the field, not overplaying our own half, and understanding how to win test match rugby. With a lot of them playing in the Premier 15s in England, uh, they're playing in big games every week. I think that's transferring into a test match environment where they understand uh, the cause and effect of some errors or possibly overplaying in certain areas, which hopefully we can get across in this campaign and get some results. Everyone can always improve, but the forwards have been getting parity in quite a few of the games. So are you looking at the pack and thinking there's something to work with there? Most definitely. We touched on that, speaking as a coaching group and being creative as well, often getting people like Jasmine Joyce on the ball as much as we can. You know, she is such a threat, as she's just shown recently, and, and how we can get her in the game more often and uh, cause trouble with teams. You know? How different is the women's game and working with them to all the other things you've done? I've really enjoyed it. They really are open to learn, they want to learn, they're thirsty for knowledge, they want to get better individually and collectively. 
which was great. Uh, their hunger to, to wear the red shirt and they're the desperate to perform well and ultimately get the win. And I hope we can help them and, and steer them in the direction where they can feel that this is the way we are going to win this game. You know, we're first up South Africa and obviously we've got tough challenges with Japan and Canada. And, but yeah, it's just great working with them. Yeah, how much do you know about uh, South Africa, Japan and Canada? Uh, well, you know, from the from the bits that, that we've looked at, obviously, firstly, it's going to be three great games for us, I think, to test us, different challenges, which will set us up for the World Cup in 12 months' time. South Africa are going to be big and direct. Japan are going to be fast, skillful and technically really good. Canada are one of the top three teams in the world with great athletes. So, you know, there's three different challenges there and it's fantastic to see how the, how the squad will adapt and adjust to those challenges. Richard Whiffin has extensive experience in England and with the Scarlets. So I'm an attack coach, um, so responsible for all, all aspects of uh, attack and backs and you know, working with the, the two other coaches on trying to really drive high-performance programme. Now, the attack side of it has been the area that probably the Wales women's team has been a little bit weak. They've had plenty of pressure, plenty of opportunities. It's finishing those opportunities off that is the next stage. Yeah, and I think from my end, I certainly want to um, add a level of, of detail. You know, I've been in the professional game for 15 plus years and I feel like I can really help with some of those little nuances, especially as we get higher up the field into the opposition's 22 and just provide almost a, li- a little bit of structure for us to fall back into uh, as a playing group and give the girls some direction on, on where and what options um, might help us um, you know, get over the line a little bit more. So we know you from the Scarlets, of course. What are the chances of a Scarlets backline approach of that era being there for Wales women? Yeah, that's the the way that I see the game. You know, I, I like to coach teams that want to move the ball and um, and test opposition defences, and and that was the key principles that I put across to the girls. That you know we we, we want to challenge um, opposition defences with the ball, make them make decisions, and, and ultimately test our skill set. So a lot of skill set work being done, and a lot of decision making activities to really kick our performances on. 15 years, you say, top level in England and Wales in the professional game. How much do you know about women's rugby and how different will it be for you? That was the, the really interesting thing when, you know, when I got a phone call about it. You know, I've not worked with, with, with women before and I was really pleasantly surprised around the skill set. It's obviously really a growing sport. You know, the Premier 15s over the bridge has, has really kicked on the, on the level and there's some really good players and good teams around. And um, I think it's fantastic that, you know, we've got a, a, a big number of players that are playing um, in that competition and you can see that that's going to kick on their stability and their skill level and I think from a Welsh point of view the more players that we have performing at the, the higher levels the quicker the team team will kick on. It's obviously good to see them competing at that level it's going to be good for them but it's also making them a little bit distant is that going to pose a logistical problem for you? Um, not really I think you know, ultimately our camps are built in and around the break weekends um, the Premier 15s um, uh, allow there's also contact in and around the, the week and and to be fair to the girls, you know they're they're so committed. You know you've got you've got a lot of them travelling, you know three four hours up to Sale and across to Bristol and Exeter just you know throughout a week to get their rugby in. And um, again, it shows the commitment and the the amount that they want to improve as rugby players. And then obviously for them to then improve in, in a Welsh jersey. 
So the coaching team, Garrett Lewis, you wouldn't have come across so much. You and Cunningham, you'd have come across an awful lot more. What's that blend going to be like? Yeah, it was good. It was really good getting back to and working with Yos. You know, I really enjoyed my time working with him at Scarlet's and, and Garrett's a, a top bloke. You know, he's been in and around the age grade in the women's game for a while now. So, you know, he's someone that I'll lean on in terms of strategies and possibly ways to coach the, the women until I feel it a little bit myself. So he's been great to lean on. But it, it's just a good group. You know, we're all in it for the same reason. We want to kick the, the performance on whilst having a, an enjoyable time with the setup as well. When you look at the names you're going to be coaching, one name's going to jump out presumably. I mean, Jazz Joyce having a, a remarkable time of it, and one of your jobs will be to get the ball in her hands. Yeah, look, she's you know she's she's outstanding. She's you know superstar in the in the women's game, and I hope that you know definitely we we want to be able to use her abilities as much as possible and and get her on the ball as as much as we can. And you know it's fantastic that she's taken her opportunities and she's running with them literally when we get her in camp and have a chat with her yeah it will be how and where can we we get you on the ball as much as possible and and then it's up to the other players to be able to run off her and play off her and and exploit the opportunities that she creates learning about the wales women's team how much you know about south africa Canada and Japan. Yeah, well, again, there'll be three very different games. South Africa having a look, it's going to be a physical test, um, and you know, for us, we'd we'd look to you know we'd want to play with intensity in a high tempo game, and then you flip it, you look at the Japanese, and they'd be wanting to play that high tempo game. So maybe you know we have to be smart around how we how we challenge those, and then. Canada one of the best teams in, in the world at the women's game, so that'll be a real challenge. But uh, the fact I like it's three three totally different games in terms of how the opposition will front up, so it will test us, we'll ask the girls to be adaptable, and again, it will, we'll know by the end of the autumn you know, how far we've managed to um, improve the, the playing group. We certainly will. A big challenge this autumn. That's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll be building up to the All Blacks clash next week, but until then, goodbye. Goodbye.